Today is not a good day for either of us. No, it is not. I went to go buy a car today. Okay. Not a new car. A used car, but from the dealer. Certified pre-owned, they like to call it. (laughs) (laughs) And an appointment at the whole thing. I booked an appointment with the gentleman from the dealership. And my appointment was at 3. And so... Five minutes before I get there, I sent him a text and I said, hey, just a couple minutes away. I'll see you soon. Confirms and he's like, puts, you know, you can react to the message. So he okay, puts a yeah. thumbs up. So he acknowledged my message. This was an iPhone conversation. Yes, it was. So I get there, call him. He didn't answer my call. He sends me a text instead. And he says, I'll be just, just a few minutes. I'm grabbing the cars. So I said, okay, no problem. So appointment was at three. We're now at 310. Where is Paul? Where is Paul? We don't know where Paul is. He said, Does Paul want to make money? That's my question. <laughs> I assume okay. his job salary uh, structure is commission-based. Yeah. I want to buy a car. I'm right. here to... I have money to give you to buy... Okay. There's a 1% chance Paul has this job because he's bored and maybe he's a, he's a secret millionaire. Potentially. Okay. All right. I don't know why that would be your chosen career, (laughs) but potentially now we're at 320. Paul is still nowhere to be found. Call Paul. Paul does not pick up, sends me another text and says, I'll be there shortly. And at this point, I waited a couple minutes. So remember, appointment is at 3. We're not at 3.20. Still doesn't show up. And at this point, I'm like, listen, this is, this is not okay. Like, it's not okay for me to be here willing to buy something. And you're just not even showing up on time. I called him. Didn't answer my call again. So this is now my, like, fourth call within the appointment time slot that he just What's doesn't What's going on, up. Paul? I don't know. Sends me a text at 3.26. And he wrote, Hi. I'm here. Paul's having a one-way conversation. Didn't didn't acknowledge that I said, Paul, I'm leaving. Didn't acknowledge that I called four times. Paul's every man we've ever dated. Um, Yeah. Oh, my God. I literally just went through my (laughs) dating life with Paul, but but buying a car. I, (sighs) I have a lot of questions, but the question that plagues my every thought all day long is what exactly is wrong with people is it that they are a complete idiot or is it that they are an arrogant asshole can that can it can that be an and not an or like all of the above it could (laughs) Yes, it could. Because I think if you try to start to make a distinction between the two, I would say that you don't even need that much intelligence to be an arrogant asshole. You actually probably should lack intelligence to be an arrogant asshole. Oh, 100%. Arrogance is a lack of definitely maturity and wisdom. Let me tell you what boiled my blood today. Mm, Go on looking at a news article it's like the 10th fire of a new build oh god in our community well 
in our city that I've seen in the last literally three weeks. Mm-hmm. Every two days I open up a news app and it's some new build that was set on fire overnight. Yeah. This last one, for some reason, really got under my skin. It's this mansion that was on sale for like $14 million. Okay. And it was set on fire overnight. The owner of the mansion also happens to be the builder. They have on camera, someone's security camera next door, footage of four guys in masks carrying gas canisters overnight and then disappearing from the property in a car. And then the place was set ablaze like 30 minutes later or engulfed in flames 30 minutes later. We can all make assumptions from what happened here. The thing that really gets under my skin with this particular story is they got the owner on camera being interviewed Mm -hmm. and they asked him what what happened what he think may have happened and he says you know i just have no idea why my property may have been targeted stop he just looks dead in the camera and says that and i just Oh, like we all know what happened, Bob. Be a coward. Flee the country. Don't stand there and get in our faces and think that we are that dumb. Yeah, yeah. Don't question our intelligence by standing there and pretending like you didn't set your house on fire for insurance money. (laughs) I just, there's nothing that bothers me more than arrogance like that because he believes that he can outsmart the system and he thinks he's invincible don't get me wrong good you think like that okay i get that but then do it properly exactly don't be an idiot exactly you know when kids are lying and you're like oh right sweetheart i know you're lying and i know you think you're the smartest person right now because you think you're getting away with it, but I know you're lying. <laughs> and we are all guilty of that. Mm-hmm. I can look in, inward and s- name a few things that I've done that I think, oh, well, I'm invincible. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to get caught doing this. Oh, yeah. I'm never going to get caught scanning my organic bananas as regular bananas in the self-checkout. Right? We all think... To a certain degree that we are invincible. (laughs) But where do you shop? (laughs) (laughs) We all do it. Come on. I don't know, girl. I'm never going to buy bananas again now. (laughs) My face is going to be plastered everywhere. Banana thief. I'm not even a banana thief. I'm I'm the premium price. Just... Just sue me for whatever the difference is, okay? I'll pay it. Oh, it's like 10 bucks per minute. <laughs> Isn't it a thing if that it's silly to buy organic fruits if you're not eating the skin? So like a lot of these um, right, because health it's, people or health yeah. gurus and stuff are saying like health experts are saying spend your money on like fruits and vegetables that you actually eat as a whole versus like if, if something has skin that 
don't bother no yeah the organic element of it doesn't actually impact the well what about using like pesticides on the soil when it's growing but then because it's got the skin right it's saying but i understand what you're saying because you're saying yeah. it gets into like the the roots the roots and then therefore the nutrients yeah. and all i of mean that. i'm no farmer but i'm just you know oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> no you just steal bananas apparently <laughs> oh now i feel bad you know why because i once saw this tiktok <laughs> It was a TikTok live and it was banana farmers, the hot day. They, they were just like put, picking bananas and like throwing them in this box. And like, I was watching them for like literally two hours. <laughs> Felt bad yeah. watching them knowing what I do. Yeah, but but yeah, but they get their cut bef way before it reaches. I you. hope so. Yeah. Are they no, going to get... cut costs off of the salaries of these poor banana farmers? No, because it, the banana farmers get, get paid when the store the right. company buys so it's out. not going to come back to them no i'm just trying to no. i'm repenting you're, my sins you're stealing right from the you're stealing from the guys you hate okay well i hope so because <laughs> i do like, hate well, them <laughs> no cynthia it's wrong next time you go into wherever shop you shop at just press the organic banana version and just just you know <laughs> but the thing is i knowing you i feel like you kind of do it on purpose that's like your I do because you're yeah. such a good like you're such a good human yeah. being for the most part of your life that I feel like this is like your little bit of like yes. rebellious to be like fuck you. I do. I do kind of say that when I'm yeah. at the checkout. See? So to this point though, this is gonna bring me back to the story I was just talking mm -hmm. about with the invincible why people think they're invincible. Yeah. I was kind of nervous to bring this story here because you're my girlfriend and no, like my girl yeah, we're not space dating. <laughs> we're not dating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think to be fair, we've talked so much shit about men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and so it's your job to give me a hard time about men in my life. Okay. And so I was thinking by bringing up that story that you may think I'm a little bit hypocritical because when I talk about my anger for people who think they're invincible, people who are arrogant, people who try to cheat the system yeah. and get away with things and do dishonest things, I mean, you could definitely wrap that back up into an ex-boyfriend package pretty nicely. Are there certain degrees to which make us hate people who think they are invincible more why don't we hate well i mean i'm just speaking personally i don't really hate all the people that have dated me that have cheated on me that have you treated have me wrong standards for people in your life when you're emotionally involved with them. yeah yeah you're a hypocrite exactly you are if you yeah. think that way unless you're aware of the fact that you're a hypocrite because then i think if you're aware of it it kind of cancels out <laughs> Being self-aware of something doesn't absolve you. No, of, it doesn't. But I think what it does is the hypocrisy is not in you thinking the action is right or wrong. Because in both scenarios, you think the action is wrong. Uh -huh. The hypocrisy is your attitude towards the person committing the... Right. And so the hypocrisy is not about the act but it's about you and your own behavior mm. 
because you still look at the guy or whoever you're with and say this was wrong but you choose to forgive them or you choose to be softer towards them or you choose to be more lenient with the way you handle that the conversation of what you're doing is wrong whereas if you're talking to someone you don't like I feel like you'd be a lot more harsh because I don't think your morals and values are swayed with the wind or they're swayed because you're into somebody. I think your morals and values are quite um, strong rooted. I think what changes is your your behavior towards someone who isn't following those versus someone. And I, I know this from you personally where there's there's a person in your life right now who you are extremely hard with. Hmm. And if that person was named someone else that you're into or you're you're a little hmm. bit, you have emotion towards, you're feeling towards, I don't think you'd be as hard with them. Right. So it does have to do with emotional attachment. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you, you think they're right. I don't, I don't, I can't see you being someone who says X behavior is right because X person is doing it. Like you're not one of those, you're not that blind of a person. You're aware of it. You're very much like this person. I uh, listen, I know he's doing this and I know it's wrong, Yeah. but you know, so but why wouldn't I? come up with that excuse for Mr. Arsonist perspective comes into play here because I'm sure like I'm trying to speak mm. for the unheard I was trying to speak for the unheard with the banana story maybe there is someone who will come out of the banana farm and be like you know what this really does impact us and this is how it does and they'll come up with this really and they'll they'll tell a truthful sob story about it and then it'll bring to light something that us in the Western world are blind to. And so for them, it is a big deal. Maybe for them, me doing the banana thing is arson. Right. So that's why I was kind of trying to bring up this degree. So it, is it all relative? You know, in the Western world, if you commit this act, you should be in jail. If you commit this act, you should be, but then it just, it's just all relative crimes are relative well i guess yeah I, I, in some countries they are well, yeah. <laughs> right like that's true be, it, like yeah it, affairs there is definitely a country where affairs right. are, so certain, are a crime right so certain okay I, I understand what you're saying yeah that's true but then this is why some people get away with it and some people don't right because your lawyers your defense lawyers are just able to give a different perspective so here's the thing with the law, right? The law is all about interpretation. And it's, it's the way you interpret it and the way you present it that makes or breaks your defense in your case. So relativity is an important concept. And it's all circumstance-based and it's all situation-based because as you just said, if someone now knowingly is robbing a shop and putting the price 
of an organic banana versus a normal banana. Now there's intent. Yes. <laughs> so this now changes things. Or like, does, does someone do it by accident? They've committed the same crime of inputting the wrong. The act of it is exactly the same, right? And the you could say that it's important. never on accident. Who steals a banana on accident? What if you press the wrong button? Yes. What if you have a million Fine. things going on? You have a baby in your hand. Yeah. You, you press the wrong button and you say, I'm so sorry. It was a mistake. But that's definitely that. That's you've committed the same. But, I'm, so, but to your okay, point, oh, it's okay. relative. Right. So but but to exactly to this point, people are taking advantage of that. I just saw a TikTok video that outlined the kind of stealing that you do at self-checkout. Mm. And that very description that you just did about the busy mom with the baby in her hands that's their thing people take advantage of that it's right. like called some kind of stealing where you like act like you're forgetful right and you just missed something right so people are taking advantage of that and that's what led me to be so angry about the arsonist thing is because it's been this lead up of houses being on fire and, uh, and everyone just seems to keep getting away with it right. which is probably what led mr recent arsonist to think that he's invincible because you just like he's going through the math of like well i can get away and then if i don't it's probably just like one year jail time and like yeah. it's worth it yeah but like the audacity of that level of that degree mm. of don't go to wall street oh yeah so <laughs> that that is infuriating to me yeah. because yeah this is where the whole like drug there's people in prison for like carrying marijuana, mm -hmm. like a first time offense. And then the guy who stole a trillion dollars from like hedge funds just gets away scot-free. Yeah. And like the calculation, the intent mm -hmm. and the audacity that it takes to be Mr. Wall Street who commits that crime it's just, to me, it's unfathomable. Right. And it makes me even more angry that the other person is is the one sitting in jail mm. who committed a crime that probably they grew up into. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Do you think life is fair? No. <laughs> it is not. It's not. It's hard to accept. Is it? I, I, that is a very hard thing to, I, I have a hard time accepting it. Mm. Why? Because it's not fair. Like, yeah. So the question was, do you think life is fair? No, it's not fair. <laughs> but I want to right some wrongs. I sound like Greta Thunberg. <laughs> but I like I if no one. If everyone just gives up, it's not about giving up, though. We've all been dealt cards. In our life. Mm -hmm. where we think it's really effing unfair. There are some people who probably are still, they haven't experienced it. But I think most people in life, it might not be directly related to you, but maybe right. like your mom gets sick or, right. you know, the love of your life leaves you or things. We've, we all get that card. I think it's part of society. You can't sit there and be like, I'm going to, there's a way to fix all of it. I think bad things need to happen in life for good things to happen. Do you not think that we have a duty 
to control it somewhat. We do. We do to a certain extent. But I think if everything, if you take a utopia society of like perfect everything, every, no one gets sick, it's cancer free. And to me, that's scarier. It is somewhat scarier, yeah, when you say it that way. And it's also, how can everyone get everything they want? They can't. You can't. Because everyone's idea of what a perfect world is, is different. That's why. Right. So our one, our definition varies. Two, if there's only 10 positions for one job, how can everyone get that one job? So... It's not realistic to walk around and say, like, I want everyone to get what they want. That's not how it works. With that being said, there's some little shits out there who don't experience (laughs) any bad, which I remember I went, I was with a group of friends and there was, there was uh, this couple there and they were just so like in bliss and you could tell they were just one of those couples. They were gorgeous beautiful personalities as well but they just they had never experienced hardship just right just from conversing with them and i just thought wow (laughs) how great how great is it i think at that time i had just been broken up with (laughs) and i have these two perfect human beings in front of me who are just like it'll be okay like you know things happen what's so interesting about today in particular and how angry I got Mm. about everything because I didn't just go on that rant I went on a whole bunch of different rants yeah and I'm not even that hormonal anyone with a gas license hit us up yeah just long that's that's another long story anyone who has any experience with furnaces please just let us just just send us a little message (laughs) so what's interesting about my anger is this week I finished a book on Buddhism. (laughs) That is brilliant. That's brilliant. And it was my first time really getting into the whole Zen theory of it. Yeah. I found it really, really interesting. If anyone wants to wet their toes into it, I would highly recommend a book called Buddhism Without Beliefs. It's written by Stephen Batchelor. There's a lot of different things he covers of how to apply it to your real life. Really addresses people with anxiety like myself who constantly want control over things and answers to things. And every subject he talks about and covers, he always circles back around and says, something along the lines of but you're not going to find a real answer here the answer is in the unknown in the very last chapter he talks about this concept of negative capability which is it's a term taken off of artists who in order to get into that creative space they have to believe in the unknown. They have to suspend their beliefs and come to terms with 
the fact that there may not be answers about something. Okay. I'm kind of butchering that definition. I just read about it. It's getting comfortable with not believing in something. Mm -hmm. The unknown, the emptiness. So it's your capability to live in this negative space. If that makes any sense. He also talks about how if you were a piano player, it's very important to learn theory, to practice theory. But the distinguishing capability of a true pianist, a true talented pianist, is that something that they add to it, their flair, which isn't something that can be studied. And so to get that, you have to live in this creative space. Is it because you're able to let go boundaries that you've essentially set for yourself or your brain and all of that that's a lot of the work in order to really grasp the theories and put it into practice you have to literally put it into practice so some of the things they talk about are participating in courses and doing the practice Mm -hmm. but it's not a guarantee that you're going to absorb that way of life right and become a calmer person case in point (laughs) When we sat down here today, you were the calmer person in this situation. I was, you know, ranting and raving and I'm I'm passionate about writing the world and I'm still stuck in this space. Mm-hmm. And I literally just read a book on Buddhism and Zen and, and creating that freedom for myself and all that stuff. So obviously I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> but it's hard though. It, it is it it's is really hard. hard. But it's 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 funny because even as we're talking and as soon as you stopped me and said, do you think mm. life is fair? Like I felt this calmness. It's like, let go, mm-hmm. let go of the anger, let go of the right. And and that's why people are attracted to stuff like this and to, to attracted to people who kind of calm them. I don't have any tattoos and there's one tattoo I really want. Well, if I ever have kids, I think I'm going to do something with them like Aww. as a tattoo, I think that'd be cute. There's a tattoo I really want that says, take a deep breath and let it go. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've said a few times in my life where I've experienced really difficult moments. And I, I really had to let the person or the situation or the thought, I had to let it go. And that's when you said that of like just letting things go. I think it's such a good reminder for human beings just to be like sometimes take a deep breath and let whatever it is that's just holding you down, giving you all that anxiety, giving you all that stress, weighing you down. Just let it go. It could be a job. It could be a person. It could be a conversation that you've been playing over and over in your head for the last five years of your life, let it go. And learn how to do it during your day. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you start talking about that, my mind went to, oh, that feeling at the end of a yoga class where they let you lay down for five minutes. But that feeling only comes because you've just gone through a practice of something. But learning how to do that in the moment when you're in the midst of a breakup it's hard it's very hard but it just goes to show you how much you need to practice 
to actually default to that. I also don't think letting it go means not going through the correct emotions of healing. Right. Letting it go for me is more about not um, playing the past over and over and over again. Not holding on to something to the point where it's impacting your life, your present, right? But in no way, shape, or form is I don't think it's healthy to, in the middle of a breakup, to not break down and go through every single part of that heartbreak. The only thing you should do is go through shit. Really go through your experiences. Then let it go. I think for the first time in my life, I actually did that Mm -hmm. with my last ex. And let me tell you, you really feel the difference when you take the time to heal. I just recently reconnected with him. And the way I've been talking to him has actually even surprised me. Right. Because I feel like I processed things. Okay. And so when I approach our conversations now, I approach them from a mature level, but I don't even feel like I have to fake it. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it comes naturally. But I understand now how I got there. That doesn't come naturally when you don't take the time to process something. Do you think there were external factors that contributed to your healing like a friend keeping you accountable, keeping you on path to actually processing or also the ex not giving you a choice. He wasn't speaking to you. Like were there factors involved in that process that were, that made that experience different for you versus other exes where maybe it was just too, the the water was too muddy. Mm. He kept coming in and out of your life you decided to go on a binge drink like for months yeah and never process things properly like it was I think for me it was it was my it was my first real heartbreak and it was it was a painful one like it was one of those where things like time stands still and you feel your heart breaking like I felt my heart I know it sounds crazy but I felt my heart break and I remember vividly I remember I sat there and he was talking and I was like I can't hear anything you're saying like everything was in slow-mo I it was I had blank it was like the craziest thing my body was going through trauma and uh and I just felt I think it was my own like I don't know. It was my just feeling like a fool and feeling all those things that I was like, I I can't be this much of a mess. I recall specifically like I didn't I had like bruises under my eyes from crying. It was just I was a mess. And you know me. I don't even cry. It was that I was just like, I'm I'm acting like a pathetic idiot. But I went through it, girl. You want to hear about going through it? I went through it. I locked myself in a room and I went through it. It's so interesting the way we look at ourselves because I've never had those thoughts about myself when I'm in a very vulnerable state Mm. and I'm like crying in my bed. I've never thought like, oh, I'm such 
a loser. Like I look like such a loser right oh, now. I've I, never had those thoughts. I, I think about that all the I'm always like, actually not, not now because now I've learned that people's behavior is a language and I need to be very aware of what they're telling me. Like I pick up the cues a lot earlier on instead of being so invested and whether it's with friends or, you know. You're learning how to read behavior as if it was someone speaking to you. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It's a it's a deeper way of saying actions speak louder than words. You're actually saying, listen to the actions. Yeah, it is. It is a full on conversation. I also think when people refer to actions speak louder than words, they, they're often talking about like superficial things. Did he bring you flowers? Did he do this like checkbox things? Mm-hmm. But I think about it more like you've just referred to it. The small things. Oh, 100%. The way they behave. If you have a really, really bad day and you come home and you have a really, really great moment, the great moment is just magnified because you know something bad was there. Whereas if all you're experiencing is great, 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 your level of awareness for like great just is reduced because that becomes your constant. So you're not as appreciative of these great hits that you're getting in life, these great moments you're getting in life. You're, that's because that becomes your norm. But that's interesting because that's a little bit of what Buddhism in Western culture is seeking to address. It's seeking to address that numbness that a lot of people have developed. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to encourage you opening up an emptiness so that you can then find the light again. Right. And their their argument is basically like, again, I'm reducing the theories, but it's it's exactly kind of what you just said. It's like, having those negative they're not saying induce negative mm-hmm. moments but they're saying induce the thought of an empty space and then you can yeah. this is how it will lead you into this have you ever been in a really crappy situation and instead of sitting there and thinking this is the war this is terrible this is awful this is horrible and you just shift your perspective to you know what it could be worse out people out there have it a lot worse and then there's a moment of gratitude in your misery you have a moment of gratitude and that moment of gratitude it's it's a second or two but that moment of gratitude changes your entire perspective if your- you tap into it if, if you allow yeah, yourself to tap if, into if it you if you have a moment if you if you allow yourself to have that moment do you think people nowadays are not allowing themselves to have those moments? Well, it's, it's, they're making it much more difficult for themselves. Yeah, I think, I think you know, a lot of people have a tendency to like play the woo is me card a lot, mm-hmm. which is one of my pet peeves. It is. Don't get me wrong. Everyone's allowed to have a minute of like, oh, this kind of sucks. And like, just have a minute is fine. We all go through it. But like playing that card your whole life of like feeling sorry for yourself is like one of the least attractive things I could see in a man or a woman. Because when you talked about behaviors language, I'm thinking about all the woes we encounter in dating. Mm -hmm. 
and we've got the two of us have gotten into this argument a lot of times of well how much can we put on the other person if this is just the way they are how much can you read into their behavior how much can you expect out of them if you just have an understanding of this is who they are the flip side to that argument of reading into their behavior and expecting things mm -hmm. and being let down when they don't show up is well why were you there in the first place yeah. just leave if you understand who they are it's if we return back to the actions speak louder than words yeah. the guy doesn't show up with roses the guy doesn't do this and all that stuff and women start complaining mm -hmm. I can understand how that's very superficial. Mm -hmm. And my argument to them would be, well, why don't you talk about it? Why don't you have a real conversation? Yeah. Stop this surface level stuff. Yeah. But you could technically bring that into the deeper level of analyzing of this situation, of their behaviors yeah, as well. Like I would, you could say. I would say like the, the, the time of, you know, behavior as language is when you do have a serious conversation with them and their behavior is dismissive, their behavior is nonchalant, they're, you're speaking to them and they're, you know, they're not focused on you. They're having, you know, whatever's on their phone going on while you're having, I think that's more of like the behavior as language or, you know, <clears throat> the act of, superficial or something that maybe is not as important to your partner as it is to you it happens with everybody conflict happens in every single relationship right right there's issues with everyone no one has a perfect relationship i think successful couples are the ones who can communicate as you just said they can cut they can cut the bs and they can have these real conversations and more importantly both of them, both parties are in that conversation, right? And then just to tie it into the woe is me, you're right. There are a lot of women who continue having these, and I've, I go through it too, where I continue having the same cycle with, let's say, a guy, and I'm calling on my girlfriend. I'm like, oh, like, I'm just, you know, it just upsets me and, but I think the difference is, is you're not, I'm not playing victim. I'm, yeah, I'm venting. Venting is different than saying, why is he doing this to me? This is the worst thing that could ever happen to me to my life. Like, that's different than saying, oh, like, I know, I know this is, I know what I'm doing. I just need to like get the man balls to like, <laughs> okay. Has someone that's different? Has someone ever asked you to change something about yourself and have you ever successfully done it? I have been yes and successfully done it no because I think when something is we all have not so great traits. And I don't think my not so great traits are something that are going to get resolved in a matter of like a year. I think my not so great traits are something that I have to actively work on because they're part of my personality. Like I can- Was it that you weren't willing to change it for them specifically? Oh, that's why, no, no. It was, it's not about, ch I, I, I was 
I was making efforts to change it and I still am because the criticism that they gave me was when things sometimes get difficult and I'm uncomfortable in certain situations, I would rather just not deal with it. And so <laughs> one, of, one of the feedbacks I got was, this isn't a good thing. This is like your avoidant side, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is something that I, I can never say. It would be arrogant of me or it would be silly of me to say like, yeah, I've, I've worked on it and I'm, I've healed from it. No, because it's part of my core. It's part of shit that I probably dealt with growing up and like shit that I dealt with as a kid that is now in my personality now. So it's something that I'm actively working on. And every situation that happens in my life, I have to actively remind myself how to not do that. How to- do, you, do you ever look back on that person and say, oh, I should have tried harder? No. Because you didn't, it wasn't worth it for, no, no. for them. Yeah. No, because that's not why the relationships end. Okay. Relationships for me, when you go to your partner and you say, hey, babe, this is something that's upsetting me. This is something I think we need to work on. Just the way they communicate maybe needs to be better. If you see that they're doing work to get there, right? Isn't that good enough? Yeah, but so what are you saying though about your own? My own thing was my thing didn't end because of that. My, right. my thing ended because we just weren't aligned on certain values that we wanted in life. Okay, so my ex used to complain that I complained too much about things, especially when I brought up like politics and all mm. that stuff. But you just brought it up in a different way to me. You said, do you think the world is a fair place? Mm-hmm. The way you worded it to me, it was, it was a very caring, kind, mm-hmm. considerate, empathetic to my own issues yeah. way. That was a very inviting way for me to want to change. Right. The way my ex brought it up was a very insulting, condescending, condescending like, yeah. way. Yeah. And so my response back to that was, hell no, mm. this is who I am. Why do you, I, I love this trait about me. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting because I'm thinking about the things that I've wanted my exes to change Mm -hmm. and then I immediately label them as not caring when they don't change for me but perhaps it's the way we're presenting it's the way I and and maybe that's what they mean that I'm not right for them because delivery it's it's just ingrained in who I am the way I deliver and it's the same way I view my ex it's like there's he can't change who he is Mm -hmm. the way he delivers these things the way he sees me Mm -hmm. I don't like yeah Delivery, I, oh yeah. And it's something that I'm, I'm, I have to work on. For some reason, I'm, I'm pretty good in my professional life about it. Like I'm very aware of my tone of, but when it comes to my, and I think it's because just with people in my life that I You want to be raw. I'm very raw. And I almost like, because I'm so filtered at work and I make sure, you know, things are professional and- Mm -hmm. Um, this is why we can be more cutthroat in the workplace. Mm. 
and why it hits us harder in relationships because we are more open and raw in relationships. Yeah. We expose more of our true selves. And so if we are rejected it in any more. capacity, it hurts way it more. It hurts more, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can go and be an arrogant asshole in the workplace, like Mr. Bob, Paul oh, and Paul. Bob. You just <laughs> let me buy a car. God damn it. The day that car sales move online only oh that's that's the that's the next time i'm buying a car is when it's online only i I think in the states there's a mechanism for this we have in canada there's i'm not convinced that i can told i just go online and get a new car online there's little it's okay i'm not we're not sponsored we're not okay (laughs) but one one that i know for sure is called clutch okay and it's literally a no you have no interaction oh yes with, give it to me i think it's an ai that just comes on like an ai assistant that Beautiful. kind of helps you through like the process but there's even no negotiations you can't even negotiate but i don't care this is a car this is they do a full video all the certificate the yes. car facts report everything is on it Beautiful. you just and then you just press start purchase and then you just go through it and then yeah. you put a deposit and then they deliver the car to your house. You let don't me, even go. <laughs> let me tell you how my mind works. I would pay a $5,000 premium for to get the car online yeah. rather than pay less at the car leadership and just deal feel with like I'm getting <laughs> gypped somehow. Yeah. There's just, it's like not worth it to me to feel that way. Yeah. What, me- what, would you do, what would you do if you get online and the AI assistant pops up? It's like, hey, <laughs> my name is Paul. Like, How can I help you? <laughs> just, shut, just shut the laptop. <laughs> oh, let me paint you a picture though of my experience i went into this dealership and there's maybe a total of four non-employees in the dealership and it's a two-story dealership full of staff right full Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there was a manager in his office and then you know all the other guys just kind of sitting like an open plan and then there was some people like in the back all these people, not one of them came up to me. Oh, sorry. I think one of them did come up to me and said, hey, uh, are you are you guys okay? After w- walking around for 15 minutes. That was it. I hate people. No one made eye contact. No one smiled. No one. Where has the art of sales gone? Like have, have our salespeople become so friggin' rich yeah that's, that that's you where i was going with this need, poll argument you do not need not even an eye contact yeah. just customer service i i, I don't know. understand the tactics anymore i don't even understand but just if you're in sales i would assume you like people quite the contrary i think they hate people the most out of anyone then why are you doing that job right and because clearly they don't need the money well no they don't i do want everything to be ai but then but then we're gonna be jobless yeah well that and then plus we're all gonna be depressed because that's what ai contributes to right like lack of human connection or we're never gonna win or ai is just a simple way to outsource all these mundane stupid tasks that 
don't need to be dealt with and create more time in our lives for real connections and to spend time with uh-huh. our family and to spend time with our children and, yeah right you don't have to worry about like typing out god knows what or writing that report or doing x y and z because ai is doing it for you and which means you now have five extra hours with your children right yeah no but then you still have to convince the leaders to knock off a couple hours off the day or they're still going to be like well fill your time with other duties for your nine to five right right it's just endless man the nine to five thing eh (gasps) why is that still a thing (sighs) Can someone, because I've owned businesses and I just, I have never been that person and I don't get it. I don't get it. I think we have to wait for the old archaic leaders to just leave this goddamn earth. Right. And then, oh yeah. It's the Brenda's. The Karen. It's the Karens. They're keeping that nine to five a lot. What is it? Is it control? What yeah. is it? Tradition. Like, as a business con- owner, I think. They think this is the right way to do things. It worked for them. Okay. So so here's my, here's my thing about. I'm not saying. I'm not saying work from home is 100% great. I'm saying nine to five is weird. There's That's two different things, right? Yeah. I like, I think it's very important to integrate with your colleagues at work. I think it's important to integrate with work culture. And I think these are important because they create loyalty. They create some level of um, feeling like you're part of the team. And there's a certain like ethos that it reinforces. What I don't get is when you set these times And you're actually making it worse because if you tell someone this is a task, this human being, this person is potentially they're going to look at this task and say, oh, this task needs maybe two hours of my time. Mm -hmm. If you put them on a nine to five, this task will now take them eight hours. It's like in university when they assign an essay too early, you just have way too much time creates an app an environment for procrastination see but that's a new way of thinking you've just brought new refreshed ideas into how we do things that's why i'm saying the archaic leaders Mm. are archaic leaders for a reason they're the ones keeping these systems alive because they're the ones that are stuck in the old ways Mm. and refuse to think of things in a new way i even see that happening with the next generation gen z where i'm trying to embrace gen z and their new ways of thinking and i'm getting that pushback from the people just above me right and i'm saying i I feel for them more because i'm more closely related but the generation just above me is just a little too far from them right so i i feel for all the generations coming but it's just a way of life and it's going to happen to gen z too mm. when they grow up and they're 80 years old there's going to be whatever be gen other... z whatever it's called <laughs> and they're going to be yeah it's just the way life works life is unfair life is unfair but you know what you got to do what you gotta take a deep breath 
and let it go. And go steal some bananas. Organic bananas. <laughs> Organic bananas. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> All right. Oh, dear. I think we need more Buddha books. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. It's a wrap. It's a year wrap. Oh, yeah. That's true. See you later, folks.